Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, and the Fitness Fab channel as well. Today, uh, special edition, uh, last day of the year, or so so it's just gonna. This is exciting, and uh, and uh, before we go further, you know, happy new year, everyone, and uh, wish you all the best from from the platform here and my guest, and uh, you know, let twenty twenty three be a super successful year for everyone. And uh, this message will go as long as this show is out there. Then when the next year hits, you know, again the same thing. We wish you the best. Health, wealth, prosperity, peace, happiness, you name it, you want it, we want you to have it. Uh, so I'm Hurricane H. Today, we're going to be talking about, uh, uh, we have an interesting uh, story and inter- an interesting show because this is a father-daughter relationship um, and uh, it's coaching, it's mentoring, it's really, uh, you know, taking someone who you love, a child, to the next level and and taking them for their um dream aspiration you name it that's the kind of concept so so uh it's gonna be cool so with me today mark ryle how are you mark how you doing i'm great hurricane and thanks uh, so much for uh allowing to be be part of your great show well thank you mark well again mark is actually an author and we're going to talk about his book uh he's a coach he's a father and you know as a, fa- a parent myself as a father myself uh, and I have a daughter. It is, you know, I know it's not a picnic when you're raising children and as you're going through, you know, phases, you know, and it's different, right? It's uh, they, they, they children, you know, go through multiple phases and we go through them with them. Uh, and it, it doesn't, it's always difficult when you actually have to do some operations with them and then work with them in a different way. Now, Mark, you were your daughter's coach, right? And, and, and you know, do you have a whole story about that? So first things first, let's talk about the story from the beginning, how it all started. You and uh, Stephanie, I believe, that's the door, your door's yes. name. All right. Yes. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so it all started uh, when, when Stephanie was almost eight years old. She um, told my wife, Lynn, and I that she wanted to go for a run around the block, which I thought was a little bit strange. She didn't know I used to run a little bit in high school, and, and I had done a marathon, but I quit running about almost 20 years ago. So she didn't know anything that. But she had this urge to go run. And we said, why do you want to go run? She said, I don't know. I want to time myself around the block. Ooh, that's curious. Uh, seven years old. Uh, is there something going on at school? Yeah, we're having a race at school and we're, we're, we're training uh, the team. And training, you're only seven, right? I'm thinking in my back of my mind, this is so weird. But uh, you know what? You can't hold her back. So she, uh, I, I, I agreed to find a pair of shoes. Now, I, I hadn't run in 20 years. So this is... <laughs> bit of an adventure for me i was wondering if i'd even be able to keep up with her but uh i remember that first run just like yesterday now this is almost 20 years ago right because uh i was 45 at the time she was eight or seven and now i'm almost 64 
So she, uh, I remember just like yesterday though, um, her steps, she took about twice, three times as many steps as I did, but we ran together and I was looking down at her, very proud of her. And uh, she was huffing and puffing. And I, I just doing a bit of huffing and puffing myself because I hadn't run for so long. But uh, we ran uh, not very far, less than a kilometer. But um, that started all. That got me back into fitness and running, which was a great thing for me. It was so such a positive thing. Uh, and uh, it probably may, may never have happened if she hadn't... Uh, willed me to go out there with her and then it started a whole journey of fitness and competitive running for her yes well well first things first uh you, you said you were 64 i mean god bless dude i don't know what you're doing but it, whatever it is it's working <laughs> 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 I, th I think the, the running is a good way to do this right so so i'm gonna take your example here and and you know what we do want to encourage people again fitness is part of lifestyle and and i think if you're you keep up with it and you have a healthy lifestyle aging process everything your health is always going to have a better chance you know uh, regardless of the elements ultimately there's always different factors genes and so on and so forth but but again it is an important piece of life and again one of the things that we do here is to try to motivate people to stay fit healthy uh and, and wellness is health is our mission here and and definitely your example is is, is awesome but also what you mentioned about your daughter being at that age and, and got you back into you know running and and that's that's also a sweet thing to to hear that you know you never know what would trigger some of these things for us and in, in life it could be anything right in your case it was you know stephanie who just decided to run in school and got you up you know and running and you did yeah and that was you never looked back and you know beyond that i mean you know it was a whole long journey and uh but again it is it is important you know for folks out there uh you might we all have sometimes uh a space and, and a time frame in life where we kind of just lay back and you know things sometimes you know don't go a certain way but there's events that happen that trigger yeah. certain elements in life and i think uh we have to be mindful of those and we have to be aware of them when they happen let's take advantage of them and and again you did well with that and uh so 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 now she started you run well, by the way, I, I, I can tell you, I, I don't know if I can run a whole kilometer or an hour or more, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and I, I, I work out, but you know, it's one thing to have good cardio and be able to run. It's two different things. I mean, cardio will help, but running is a whole different dynamic and, uh, you know, uh, not everybody can do it and you have to build to it, but like, it's not impossible. Again, everybody has the opportunity to start you know, if you're. If you've lost it, you it's never too late. And we just talk about New Year right now. Hey, this is around the time when a lot That's of people right. have New, New York resolutions. So, exactly. so maybe maybe this is the New Year the New Year resolution for everyone that's watching and listening to do something with their health and and certainly their fitness and wellness as well. And even with their family members. I mean, sometimes I think also that was also a good bonding between you and your daughter. Now you have something that you're looking forward together, and and you just chose to coach her and mentor her into a whole um career path i guess so so let's talk about that what was the transition from there yeah so from there stephanie uh she ran her race and um yeah, i remember her first cross-country race a couple of weeks after that uh, our first jog together she ran it she ran in this long hockey jersey i think the jersey stretched down to almost to her ankles so it was pretty funny i've got a picture of it in my book it's, it's just hilarious <laughs> running in this way oversized garb but uh she did okay she finished uh, something like 15th out of a couple hundred girls so that's not bad with a hockey jersey on and then um she progressed from there so um 
and so did I. I started running um, more miles. Um, I, now I'm a, I, I wasn't used to this, but I, I, now I'm a master's level competitor already. I'm in my mid 40s. So when I used to run, I was running against all the young bucks you know, in the early 20s and high school and college. <clears throat> so that was a bit of a change for me, but it was nice too, because I didn't have to worry about all those professionals and all the hot hot shot runners i could just run in my age category and that was that was different for me it was sort of cool because it was uh it was it made it fair for everybody and and for any listeners who are thinking of getting back into something i encourage you to find something like it doesn't have to be running but something where you um they make it fair for you and, and if you are competitive too you know it's not as cutthroat competitive anyway you sort of get to know the people in your age group but uh still they it is fair to um you know only compete in your age bracket so mine was 40 to 45 that first race and uh and i at the end of the race i came across the finish line it wasn't first i, I was um my first race i think i was fourth but at the end of the race uh, some other guy behind me um who just just closed up right behind me he came up and shook my hand he said uh he said are you over 40 and I and, and I and I said yes he said oh shit sorry for using that term you you were bald you were bald I was hoping you were like in the 30s or something like that I have I, I still have my hair so I guess that he was figuring with my hair I, I must be in the 30s uh it's too, I, he said I think you just won the master's age groups <laughs> but <laughs> So that started it for me and we both have progressed and we still are serious runners. Actually, I've transitioned into triathloning now. So, um, which is great for me because I'm learning how to, I'm still learning how to swim. Uh, I'm taking swimming lessons right now and uh, I get to swim with my wife a bit because she likes that activity and the biking is fantastic. Takes a little bit of the pounding pressure off by uh, just all, all running. Yeah. So it's nice to sort of mix it up a bit and um, I still run. But not quite as much. I'm, I might run like five times a week, um, but then I do like three or four swims, and then uh, four, three or four bike rides or bike simulations. So that's where I'm at right now. Stephanie has um, progressed pretty nicely. She um, and I talk about it in my book. We we both have had our frustrations. No doubt, we've had our injuries. We've had sickness. Stephanie uh, had to deal with asthma, uh, exercise-induced asthma when she was a teenager. That really held her back in a lot of races where you just can't breathe, even though you feel good otherwise. Yeah, but she progressed and um, she's sort of grown out of that asthma. And she's still running. Uh, she's done trail races like those 50k trail races. She's she's won one of those. She's um, she did her in in college. She just graduated from Western University. Uh, in uh, but she sorry in from University of Waterloo. Uh, but she's now at Western studying medicine. So she is pretty busy. But she still runs. She still loves running and competing. And she just set her PBs in the. Um, uh, 1500 meters and the 5k this summer uh, on the track so she's still progressing um and uh she still loves it and that's 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 the good news there wow well well first of all i you know i love what you said about the uh, the concept of the age group and and feeling you know stuff and 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 you know to each his own as there is but as you you know as people say i, I love what you said i mean there is something for everyone and you can find the element where you can feel yourself in the element and make it happen. And you don't have to go out of your your way. There are plenty of things that you can fit in. And it doesn't matter what is it that you love to do, <clears throat> as long as you're doing it 
you'll find a way. And and again, it, it's it's okay to be competitive, and you know you don't have to be super crazy or competitive. But competitiveness is pretty good for for lifestyles and everything. It keeps you moving. It keeps you going. And you know, again, in this case, it's a health aspect as well. You know, and uh, uh, the the fact that you're doing all the three, the swimming, the running, the biking. I mean, those are all complete workouts and complete types of sets of exercises. I mean, swimming is one of the best, you know, exercises you can have. I mean, it's a full body, and uh, cycling is pretty good. Um, and and you're right, running actually does get a toll on your knees, your back, and all that. But you know, you get a little bit of that and work those muscles. It's pretty cool, and uh, it is not an easy. It's not for everybody, and you got to work out a lot to, to get there. And you have to prep, uh, and so again, uh, kudos to you guys, and 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 you know, hats off. I mean, you, you said it uh, at 64, you you're doing those things. I don't know if I can do it, and I'm at the 50 mark, so yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I I'll, I'll I'll salute you just from here. You know, you you got this. You 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 win by default. <laughs> oh, but, thank you. But, but 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 really, and I I love what you said. You you work with your daughter, and she's she's gotten to the next level. And but I do want to you know highlight the, the fact that you said she had asthma. Uh, and and I mean obviously breathing is a key element in running, and uh, asthma may not always be a, the best friendly you know thing that happens to someone when you know you really need it. You know you need your breath. You know and 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 the breathing you know uh, cadence. You know when you're doing the stuff. So so it's pretty difficult. Uh, how did you manage that? I mean, uh, through medical or it was just, just uh, you know, training and how that, how does that work for yeah. people that are listening? Maybe this is something that can happen to them as well. Yeah. So the first thing, uh, it was a shock when we found out because she was in the grade nine cross country Ontario finals and she was seated to you know be one of the top five in that race. So during the race, we couldn't see them, but there was an announcer doing a play by play, you know, they, I guess they had spotters out in the, and we never heard her name the whole you know they would go through the top 10 never heard stephanie's name and i started getting really worried and so did lynn because we didn't know she had this condition and what had happened we didn't know she had had an asthma attack about uh, less than a kilometer in so she wasn't even running most of the race she was just walking back in with she had a coach out there sort of walk back with her and uh but we were really worried at the finish line because nobody she never came in all the runners came in we never saw stephanie so that was our first uh and so f at first it was a worry it was a shock and a worry then um i researched it a bit and so did stephanie and um uh and i said to her look the top two uh marathoners in the world Heil gabra selassie and uh, uh from uh, ethiopia from and uh and um I'm trying to remember her name. I should know her name from oh, Paula Radcliffe from uh, the UK. The two world record holders in the marathon, current record holders, have asthma. So you know, this isn't going to stop you. Um, you're going to maybe have to deal with it, uh, but it, it's not going to stop you as a distance runner. And I, I don't think asthma would stop would have to stop people in almost any other sport either. You have to deal with it. So she, yeah, we did a medical approach. She did the, you know, the, the, the chemical puffer thing you would take 15 minutes before a race that helped a little bit, but she still had asthma attacks in some races. She, she got a big invite down to the Philadelphia, the Pam Relays, which is the biggest track and field race, I believe in North America, there's like 15,000 people in the crowd watching. She was in that race against um, the top American girls <clears throat> in grade 10. And she had an asthma attack in that race too. So that was a long ride home. And you asked, how did we deal with it? Um, I just, uh, you know, we, on the ride back, I just tried to take her mind off the race. What happened? We tried to play some word games, have some fun, listen to the comedy on the radio um just uh you know 
there I'm more of a father than I am a coach, right? And I'm trying to, um, you know, give give her some perspective because uh, she is very competitive. She was very Stephanie is and was very competitive, and um, I know asthma was an issue for a few years, but it, like I said, it, it eventually sort of fizzled out, and she's fine now. But um, the, actually, the main issue I had with Stephanie was not a um, physiological issue it was it was more like she wanted to run harder run more and even as a 10 12 year old she wanted to run further distances start running some 10ks and I was always pulling her back I was always almost like pushing her down or trying to you know, worry worrying about her um, as a young athlete trying to push too much um, and that's a very important thing for uh, coaches and because you get really excited. You see them succeeding and winning races and, you know, why not go a little further or do another, you know, so and you read about, we were reading about girls, uh, a couple of girls in the United States who were running like 300 kilometers a month and when they were 12 years old and Stephanie was, and they were, some of them were running marathons when they were 13, 14 or whatever. And I had to really rein Stephanie in and, um, you know, be cautious. And she in the in the forward to my book, Stephanie says I was a bit of a hard ass on that, and uh, we locked horns on that a lot. Even in workouts, she'd want to do an extra interval or two, or go go up to the higher on the hill or whatever. And I was always just slowing her down and <clears throat> just watching out for her. Um, so she talks about it in the book how we locked horns, and she she does give me a compliment near the end of the forward. She says. Uh, uh, you know, I'm glad my father held me back because I still love running and I've never really been seriously injured. And um, so th that's nice to hear, you know, but uh, we had fun with it. I remember there was this one quote in the book, I think when she was about 11, she tells her friend going to a hockey game. I wasn't in the car, but my wife was in the car with Stephanie and her friend. They were going to a hockey game and they were talking about running and me, me coaching her and Stephanie said, I, my father's a pretty good coach, but I think I need a professional. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, that's what we were dealing with. Well, well, so, so Mark, I, I want to just dissect some of the stuff you mentioned. One is actually uh, great advice because, uh, well, a great item that you mentioned uh, when we talked about asthma is that you had to figure out a way to deal with it regardless of something that you have no choice, right? It's happening, but you still, you want it to continue. She wanted to continue and you have to manage. And I think that's managing expectations for everyone watching and listening. Uh, you know, in this case, it's asthma, but it could be anything in life. And whatever, whether it's racing, working, uh, singing, music, theatrical, whatever that you're doing in life, uh, that's your passion and you're working towards it, know that there's going to be some hurdles, there's going to be some bumps. And it's just the aspect of how you deal with these things and kind of work around them. There's always a work around things. And uh, yes. again, the key is not to give up finding, you know, uh, you give the example of the top, you know, people that, that, that are successful in marathons and, uh, and they're holding the records yet they have a similar condition. So you had to give that analogy to show that if they can do it, you know, we can do it. And, and that's important to everybody. And this is just an example for whatever, you know, you're doing in life, uh, look at what what people are doing in the same category and see who's doing what and maybe that's going to be your motivation inspiration because don't let things stop you because you have you know a bad day or something is happening uh you know there are, there are tremendous stories out there of people that overcome difficulty difficulties in life uh, no matter what they do and i mean all athletes you know go through difficulty all actors and artists and you know success stories have gone through through these things and and, and blocks and so on so that's important so that's the first item i wanted just to highlight uh, the other one is uh it, it is interesting because you are the coach but you're also the father and i think uh you know 
we want to just highlight that for a minute because there might be a conflict of interest there. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the coach is someone that is not related to you. Typically, they're just going to push you. They're going to train you. And they, they just will focus on that. But I can see it from a father's perspective. Like, you know, you don't want her to get hurt. You don't want her. To, so there's this a push and pull type of technique here. And you want to, you, you think you know better for them and they think they know better. And and I know also, you know, going from eight years old to, to today, uh, you've, want, you've gone through stages and I, I know kids change over those years. And I, I do have a spectrum of children from 16 to 20 to 25. So I right. can tell you, <laughs> I've seen all those ages go through. And so the idea is that they they really transfer, you know, and, and they're like, you know, transformers literally, <laughs> you know, from one age to the other. And the attitude changes and the expectations changes and all these things. There's the peer pressure. There's all the stuff that they know. And dad, you don't know everything. I know better gets into play. Uh, and, and I love the comment that, you know, uh, you know, he's a good coach, but I need a professional <laughs> because that, that's the expectation. I mean, and, and you know, you're always going to be you're the father. You're not really seen as the coach, which which is a, a, a double head that you're wearing. And it's difficult. And a lot. I mean, we've seen that in, in acting. We've seen that in, in some of the, the celebrities, actually, where the parents actually are coaching their their actor children, things like that. So it, it is common, but it's difficult to actually manage both 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 actually titles, right? I mean, being a father is. is being a father, being a parent is a parent. There's there's fear, there's there's love, there's caring and stuff. And, I, and I'm not taking anything from the coaches. They love their teams and their their trainees, but there's no you know if something happens, I mean, you know, it can end there. But in this case, it's not going to end there. You're the <laughs> you yeah. are responsible for your daughter <laughs> no matter what. So it's a very exactly. difficult. How did you manage that? I mean, that's not that that had to be a difficult task. <clears throat> Yeah, and I actually had a third hat on Hurricane. It was the, um, I was her training partner. We ran a lot together, uh, especially when she was between nine and 13. That's about when we were about the same level. Like uh -huh. She was actually very fast. At, at 13, at 14, she started becoming faster than I was because I was now, you can imagine, I'm in early 50s. I've, I've slowed down a bit from the natural um, slowdown of you, you lose about 1% of your aerobic capacity every year at around that age of 50. So I'm, I'm getting a little slower every year and she's getting faster, right? So I'm also a training partner. And so it's, it's a pretty deep relationship. You're training with them. You're trying to coach them still. And then you're, you're still their father. And uh, luckily on the coaching front, uh, Hurricane, I was able to back off a bit because by the time she hit high school, she had a very good coach here at the local school, Art Charsneys, who also, by the way, had his daughter on the team. And, and Phoebe, his daughter, was excellent with Stephanie. Phoebe was the captain in grade 12. Stephanie was coming in in grade 9. So Stephanie had a good runner to, to pair up with and a great coach there. So I was able to stand off finally. And then by the time she hit university, she had some excellent coaches at University of Waterloo and, and Western University. So, um, but and then I, I became less of a training partner too, because the only way I could keep up was if I got on a bike or something. And now I need an e bike to keep up with her. <laughs> so she really is fast. So uh, I did try doing a bike thing with her um, this summer. She went through this um, 20K run uh, with sort of a trail run mm. and uh, she said dad you can come on the mountain bike with me and keep up okay fine that sounded easy but when you hit the hills she would just zip up the hills and I'm like I'm I, I couldn't even get up some of the hills on the mountain bike so I, you know I would lose contact with her but then on the downhills I, I had the advantage so I could catch up but that was an interesting experience just trying to keep up with her on a bike on a trail not easy 
So, um, so I'm not training with her as much. I'm not really a training partner. I'm not a coach really. I'm still just, I'm now just her father, which is nice. I shouldn't say just her father. It's great being a father, right? But, uh, but there was a time there where it was pretty, uh, and, uh, I remember, you know, when you're the father, you don't want to show any favoritism either. So I remember I was, I used to coach hockey too, and she was on a hockey team. And I, one day I subbed in as coach because the other coach couldn't be there. So I know the other coach used to play her a lot. She was, she was a very good hockey player too. So when there was a power player and, you know, Stephanie and Stephanie never got tired either, right? So, cause she's a runner. <clears throat> so he'd double shift her and play her a lot. So that game, when I coached her, I didn't, uh, I didn't, use her any more than any. I just rolled the benches, didn't treat her, give her any one extra shift. And she was so angry afterwards. She said, you know, like we had this long drive home after that game. And I'm just saying, I, I can't show any favoritism. I'm sorry. Yeah. But she really did not enjoy that because I, um, well, I don't know what the, being the father, that conflict of interest, right? You got to be careful. So, but in running, it wasn't too bad because you're not, as the uh, coach, you're not really influencing to run in any way or they go the, the gun starts they run and you're not impacting the game or giving them more play time or anything like that so i guess there's not as much conflict but there still is a conflict and it's still tough and long-term athletic development was always my um driving force so i read about it um d- depending on the sport like some sports some kids do have to really push when they're like say gymnastics or something like that they're gonna have to push pretty hard swimming i think uh you've got to be pushing hard through high school otherwise you're probably not going to be uh you know at the highest level whether whatever that high level is you're not going to reach it um um, but for running running is known as a late specialization sport so uh, most people most runners don't peak till they're 25 to 30 even beyond years old so uh, there's no need to push hard when you're 14 13 that's not going to impact your uh that's not going to make you the greatest runner um you can wait you can even wait till after high school and start running Um, some of the best runners in the world didn't even start till after high school. Um, so I, I was reading about that and I didn't want to see her, you know, hurt herself or, and there are some f- issues specific to females too. We can talk about the, like the female athlete triad and things that involve osteoporosis and whatnot, where when they're just pre puberty that they have to really watch out for us. So, um, I was, we were wary of that and Stephanie was reading about that too. So she she agreed with me on that so <clears throat> well well thank you mark i mean that that's pretty that's a lot and i, I love the third hat i mean that that's not easy i mean the father coach and uh, you know training partner i mean that, that's a lot and 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 you also have to deal with the 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 changes you know like i said the age you know uh uh, categories as, as they shift uh, the mindset shifts the the attitude shifts everything shifts so it's a little more difficult but eventually you 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 handed the actual baton to <laughs> to another coach and who's the who, who took care of her and then you just kind of <clears throat> kept the one thing which is the parent you know the father you know uh duty but but i'm sure that there was there was many moments of of conflict and challenges and and again like everybody all the parents you know we go through those things uh, but but one thing for sure, I I think all parents uh, listening and even children eventually as they grow they will they would agree to this. All a parents want is their kids to be the best and to succeed and have the best life and the healthiest life. 
And, uh, you know, yeah, sometimes we're overprotective and, and, and fortunately that's just, that's a natural instinct. You know, we all have that. Uh, and I think mothers are even worse <laughs> than fathers. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're equal, but I think the mothers have a little bit more of, of protective mode and, you know, maybe dads are a little bit more like uh, direct and tougher in one way, but, you know, everybody's got their own little, uh, formula and 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 rhythm but at the end of the day we all have the same objective is that we care for our kids we want them to have the best we want them to succeed and but we we have a different vision than they they do and we have a little bit more expertise in life so we actually understand sometimes you know uh that things can be difficult and we just want to avoid you know and, and prevent some of these things to happen from them i mean we we know things because we've gone through things i mean you said it yourself you were in the 40s and you've gone through a lot of your own, you know, life and, uh, you know, some of the things that you, you already know what the outcomes could be. You try to make sure that our children don't even get close to it or get, you know, involved in some things. And, and you're right. You didn't want to push too much because you knew that she has plenty of time to do this. But, but in her mind, know that you're stopping me. You know, I, I got potential. I want to do more. And that's always going to be a challenge. And, you know, I have the same thing with my kids. I mean, not in just sports, but anything, uh, you know, you want to encourage them. You also, sometimes you want to, you know, kind of pose them a little bit or hold back a little bit because you don't want them to go too fight, you know, too, too crazy on things because sometimes they just, you know, uh, there's no fear. I think that's the other part with, with the yeah. younger folks is there's no fear factor. Everything seems, sounds good. Everybody, everything yeah. sounds like feasible. <laughs> I mean, I was younger. I, I thought I can do, I can fly, literally. <laughs> I know I can't, but, you know, your mind is telling like, oh, you got everything. You got this. As you age, the reality hits a little bit differently. and be like, wait a minute. I, you know, I, I can't do this. Uh, I mean, I don't want people to think that just what I mentioned now, but I can't do it. You can do anything you want. It's just that you have to understand where you stand so you can do it at your own pace and do it correctly. Uh, so just to adjust that, because I don't want people to think like, well, Hurricane just said that, you know, you can't do it. No, you can do anything in your mind that you want, but it's just a matter of adjusting correctly to where you are in your phase. And uh, the sky's the limit. And there are no, I mean, I, I have a friend, actually, she was a, a guest on our show. Her name is Madonna Hanna. She's actually one of the, 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 she runs, you know, uh, professionally and, and, and she's in the senior league, literally, and uh, she's well known and she's actually out there in, in, in training and nothing stops her and God bless her, you know, Hey, Madonna from this, this platform, if you hear the show, uh, but, but really she's, she's a phenomenal, you know, inspiration and, and motivation to a lot of people. And, and that's the thing, like you can't stop. You're doing it. You're doing it. Everybody, you know, you do whatever you feel right for you and, <clears throat> And and as parents, we want our kids to succeed and do the best that they can and be the best that they can be in their life. Uh, but we just do it with caution because, again, we do have love and we do care and we don't want anything to happen bad to them. And and the other part of it, if something bad happens to them, not only they're going to get hurt, but we also have to deal with that. Sometimes it's yeah. also a selfish aspect of it. <laughs> we don't want to deal with the, the crazy. Um, yeah. So, Mark, let, let's talk about the transition. So she transited, so she became more independent. And, uh, you know, so what was your support system with her at that point? So at that point, once she's more independent, say running for university, um, my goal is just to cheer her on, be like a father, right? And um, she wasn't living with us anymore. And she was studying biochemistry and whatnot. And now she's gone into medicine and but she's still running still competing and she uh, she's run out of her eligibility though because you get five years of university eligibility and then you're you're on so this is her first year not eligible so she's but she runs as a free agent right she can still so you know that that's transition uh it's been it's been nice for her i think and um she like i said she doesn't have any of these asthma issues um 
she one other thing that did happen to her though and i think this would relate to a lot of people is that she plateaued um and she plateaued pretty seriously so and this this happens in running but it also happens in almost other all other uh things say music or art or uh, other sports where you, you just no matter how hard you train you just don't seem you seem to be going sideways you know and uh in running uh there are physiological reasons why especially females again um will tend to peak when they're 14 or 15 and then actually go backwards for a while so as they reach puberty and their body changes a little bit and their hormones they actually will slow down um desi Devilla, desi her name is Devilla, um, um she uh, won the boston marathon american she talked about that uh, she said when she was 14 she was super fast and then she slowed down and it took her till she was i think she said 23 her name is now desi linden but her original maiden name was Devilla. but desi most people would know her i guess it's desi linden she said it took her nine years till she was 23 to start taking down her high school times in track to get that fast again but she never stopped running and then she kept at it became a very fast marathoner and now uh just uh i believe two years ago three years ago she won the boston marathon in a rainstorm she won the whole race what a, what, a, what an incredible race and accomplishment for her um and i think she was probably in her early 30s when she did that so um anyway so there was that issue uh, the plateau thing that stephanie went through and she um she slowed down too and uh it was frustrating for her but she kept running she was uninjured trained just as much even more with all the university teams <clears throat> and uh just the last couple of years she started to uh take down her records from when she was 14 15. so i mentioned that she set a pb in the 5,000 meters so she had run a 1729 pb uh, 5k when she was 14 in new york at the new balance indoor national championships and that's pretty fast for for a 14 year old for uh, for a boy or a girl and uh she could never take down that time till she was uh, uh just a couple years ago she finally ran a six uh broke 17 minutes and um she's expecting to be closer to 16 minutes this summer so uh good for her for sticking with it and working her way through that plateau that's a big plateau for any any athlete or any any uh, artisan uh eight or nine years um but uh, she stuck with it and she loves it and uh i'll give her all the credit for for uh, persisting really and uh so i was so happy for her she was she was literally crying when she finally broke that time because she had gone through so much just trying to get back to where she was at and uh and then she two weeks later she broke the record again and a month later she ran a 432 1500 meter which is pretty fast I, I was even a little shocked by that so she's um gone through a lot on the plateau side and uh i'm sure that some listeners can uh, can uh, relate to that uh, just uh keep at it you know and, uh, keep your chin up and uh yeah well, well mark thank you because it is a big big important message for our audiences and 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 whether in the fitness the world you know and and, and the workplace or whatever that you, you you try to do out there uh you know the key here is i mean you said keyword persistence right and then and you have to be persistent no matter it's a key right to success one of the keys to success and you know you 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 go on an incline that's like everybody's like happy about going up there but you get to that point where it kind of just kind of 
phases out and it just stays this. The key here is not to drop, hopefully not, just maintain and then build on top. And it's going to take some time, uh, depending on what you do. You can be a little shorter and longer, but at the end of the day, just don't give up. Keep up at it and and just, you know, keep adjusting and keep, you know, uh, advancing, keep adding, whatever you do. And then eventually you start seeing yourself going back at least to that same level, or even better than the level, but never give up. That's key. And cons consistency is, and, and persistence is a key here. So to keep and maintain, I think that's important no matter what you do. We've seen that in, again, artists and athletes and you, you name it, we've seen it. Uh, so, so my next question to you, Mark, is um, what would be the advice you would give to young athletes today? And, you know, if they're starting anything, what would be a, a core message to them? And then also, what would be the core message to their parents and or their coaches? Yeah. So <laughs> from, for from those three perspectives. <laughs> yeah. For the athletes, just enjoy that ride and pick a sport that you like. And um, you'll make lots of friends in that area, too. So think of it as sort of a social group that you're going to get into you you might make friends for life in uh, with that athletic pursuit and just enjoy that pursuit and keep improving yeah yeah don't be afraid to be competitive but be uh, be a good competitor be nice to your uh people even if you beat them right be, be nice to them and uh don't don't show off too much or anything be humble sort of like uh i don't know a good example of a humble athlete would be uh our hockey player wayne gretzky who's probably the the best hockey player that ever played in the NHL and he I remember after the games they would interview him and he would always talk about his teammate or his coach or he never talked about himself uh, what he did even though he might have had five points three goals two assists in the game it was never like you know, he would never ever focus on that he was always complimenting and bringing others into the fold of success and and uh he was very, very humble about it all. And it's, it's so, so anyway, um, enjoy the ride, be humble and make lots of friends. And, uh, um, uh, and so for that's for the athlete, <clears throat> for the parents, um, be careful of the parent trap. We sort of alluded to it a little bit where the parent gets overzealous and almost all wrapped up in the success of the child. And then the success of the child becomes paramount for the parent themselves, which is sort of a weird thing. You don't, you know, it, it's, it's about the kid. It's about your kid and it's about their long-term uh, happiness and development. So you have to, you have to sort of raid yourself, you raid yourself in a bit too and uh be respectful uh you know for example if there's a referee in the in the game uh, well that's a tough job being a referee and you want to sort of respect them too even if they do even if they do make a bad call you know you don't want to harass them too much or harangue them they're, they're humans trying to do the best and, and then the kids pick up on that too so you be, be fair to the um, officials and referees and whatnot and um and the other competitors and uh Try not to let your kids success, which will happen. Don't let it, don't be too dependent on that. Celebrate it, help them out, um, support them, give them direction and whatever they need. But um, try to, try to be, uh, try to keep your perspective. All right. And what about coaches? What would be the advice to them? <laughs> Almost the same for the coaches or the parents, eh? So, like, uh, coaches can be, um, can, can sometimes get a little bit over, too wrapped up in the success of their athletes, too, and, and, and sometimes even possessive of the athletes. So, they, uh, they, although they are giving their time and often volunteer time, too, so 
that's fantastic. Um, so for coaches, um, enjoy the ride. Try to, I, I did a lot of coaching. I, I again, because of with Stephanie, <clears throat> I um, ended up coaching cross country running and track and field for almost 20 years. So, and I'm still coaching. Uh, so even though I've retired, I'm helping out. So um, the, I think the number one thing for me that I try to do is to try to pay attention to all the athletes. Like, so you're going to have some star athletes and they're going to, they're going to do fine things and give them the sport they need. But uh really try to support the all of the athletes uh, uh they'll pick up on that if you show them that you care about them and even though they're not the superstars uh in in my cross country for example <clears throat> i used to make a big deal about the fourth runner because you need four runners to cross the line to <clears throat> get a team score so the first runner would you know, second runner we pretty much knew who they were going to be from our school but who was going to be the fourth runner the one that the final counter for our team and there were the fifth, sixth, seventh runners trying to become that fourth runner. I used to make a big deal out of that because then that got everybody involved. They all thought, felt like they could contribute. And and I said to the um, girls and boys afterwards, you should be worshiping the fourth runner because they're the ones that completed your team. And they may be, nobody will notice them, maybe in a race, they might be in the middle of the pack, uh, in the thick part where, you know, they're in the crowd, you can't even pick them out. But when they cross the finish line, they are the, they are very important, very integral to your team. And we were a small school where I coached. So sometimes we only had four runners. So I, I would say the top three runners, you, you wouldn't even have a team without your fourth. So we're going to make this fourth runner feel special and we're going to train with them. And, 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 and even if they're a lot slower, we can try to make them improve. And uh, that, that to me for, for coaching was the most, was, was invaluable for me too, because, uh, you know, I'm a pretty fast runner too. And Stephanie was always really good, but that brought me back more into the normal runner, the normal athlete and appreciating them, appreciating them and making them feel appreciated. That I think is my message to coaches. Well, Mark, so I want to thank you for, for that message, because I think that's powerful across everyone because, uh, Nothing is happening by one person or two people. I think everybody contributes to any success. I mean, you're talking about referees, you're talking about, you know, the people that, that are, that can make errors, whatever. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, everybody's trying, uh, you're talking about the, the coaches who volunteer in time. Uh, and we want to thank everybody. And yeah. Everybody takes a little bit personal and we all like, you know, in the competitive spirit, but at the end of the day, uh, we have to be fair with everyone and, and it, it's a very difficult task, but at the end of the day, we have to know that And uh, sports should be always uh, at the end of it, you know, uh, a message to everybody and, uh, a place where we can feel good about things and, and, and righteous and so on and so forth. So, and uh, sports are, are always used in trainings and in, in terms of leadership training or team training, uh, you know, there's always analogies and you just mentioned, you know, the example of how to be humble. Uh, you know, uh, and that's that's another thing. I mean, you can be the top, and it's just your personality that's going to make a difference in how people are going to perceive you. And I think that's that's an attitude that is important to to maintain if you're you know seeking success. You know, and don't let it get to your head. <laughs> you know, sometimes the power trips you know get in play, and uh, if you keep the humble you know status, that's awesome. But again, it 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 takes a lot of time to actually realize that. When you know, some not everybody gets that wisdom right away, and uh, I think it comes comes with time. But it's a great message for everyone, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're contributing, no matter who you're actually rooting for or not. At the end of the day, let's respect everybody. Let's be fair to everyone and always give the benefit of doubt, you know, no matter what. And I think that's that's a a great piece of, of life that we can always apply and hopefully have a better life that way. You want to say something, Mark? 
Well, no, I was just, I was thinking about, um, thanks for reiterating that because that's just so important. And I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, there, there's some extreme examples of this too. Like, for example, <clears throat> a lot of uh, people have heard of Terry Fox, who um, is, if you ask Canadians anyway, who's the number one hero in Canada? It was, it's not Wayne Gretzky, it's Terry Fox. Terry Fox um, is a person who never finished his race and he had a huge impact and he never finished his race. His race is he wanted to run from Newfoundland on the east coast of Canada and to go to the west coast all the way to Vancouver. And he ran on one leg because he had cancer and he, so was, he, had, he had lost another leg. So he had sort of an artificial limb there, but he couldn't, he could push off it a bit, but he was basically galloping on one leg and pushing off on this artificial. So it's a bit of a hop step type thing. And he made it from Newfoundland all the way through Ontario, through Toronto. I remember as a young, I was in high school when he came through Toronto and uh, they were interviewing him because he did a bit of a, a press conference. And there was a lot of excitement building up by the time he hit Toronto and they interviewed him <clears throat> at city hall. And there was a, thousands of people there listening to him talk. And Terry Fox, they, they said, Terry, what about all that pain in your leg? Like, how are you, how are you doing this? And he said, the pain in my leg is nothing compared to the pain that people who are suffering from cancer all across the world. It's nothing. He said, um, nothing. So, and, and I, I'll never forget when he said that. What a hero. So he continued on. He went up to around Lake Superior and he and he ran by the way he ran a marathon each day doing this like he ran 26 miles uh and um i still get emotional thinking about this guy because uh what a hero a guy he never finished his race he he stopped in thunder bay the the doctors ordered him to stop because the cancer was progressing and then he died soon after that so but um i think now they're approaching 900 million dollars that has been raised for cancer in his name uh, with the terry fox runs across the world and terry fox foundation so um yeah i mean you know it's not necessarily the winner that finishes across the finish line gets the medal that that is uh you know that we we need to uh, admire it's uh all these other people who are have their own uh, battles you know well, it's pretty powerful, Mark, and and you're right. I mean, winning the medal or the the trophy, whatever, that's a sweet, you know. But it's the journey and and the impact that you make throughout the journey. And and many people don't don't finish that race, and 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 yet they have uh, super impact around the world. And and that's just uh you know an example of of uh, you know that we all should admire and, and and seek those those examples because they keep us in a better place. And, and you know, when you have your worst day, think about those things and then your life yeah. becomes better. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's amazing. Like you can have the worst, but then you think about something like in this case, you know, like his pain is nothing compared to the people that are really, really suffering. And yeah. that's exactly what sometimes we are very uh, fortunate to have today because many people don't have what we have today. And, uh, you know, if you yeah. think about those people, life would be a lot easier. No matter what you're going through, there's someone's going through worse. And, uh, you know, there's definitely someone that's going through better, but but that's that's probably the, the minority. The majority is probably doing, you know, something either equal or less. And you know what? You know, be thankful for that and uh, always mindful of it. Uh, so, so now, uh, what was the motivation behind the book? <laughs> and what is the name of the book? Yeah, so... Um, so Hurricane, I wrote this book uh, just this year. Well, I, I started it a few years ago, but I finished it off this year. Um, 
I've just retired, so I have a little bit more time. And I was able to work with Stephanie and go back and recollect all these events that we talked about here, right from that first run when she was seven years old. And I thought, you know, I want to start a running, a, write a training book for running, for distance running, but I want it to be uh, interesting. So we'll put in some personal stories about Stephanie and I. So it's a bit of a biography, but it's also very much a training manual talking about all those issues like injuries and specialization and uh, coaching and uh, things like asthma and, and plateaus and setbacks and overtraining and training properly. And so, um, you know, so I put it together uh, with some help from Stephanie and uh, I just published it a few months ago and um, it's called Run Daughter, Run Father. And I actually put daughter first in there on purpose because she's the one who got me running, right? So it's Run Daughter, Run Father. And uh, I didn't want it to be seen like I'm making her run. It was completely the opposite. She got me into running. So Run Daughter, comma, Run Father, that's the name of the book. And um, um, I'm very happy that it, uh, to put it out there. I think it's a very positive story and it's a good message for, it's got lots of good lessons for parents, but also for young athletes. Uh, but also interestingly for older athletes, because I do talk about my own um, age group comp competitiveness in there too. Well, thanks, Mark. And, and, and I think th the message can go beyond that because it's not always just about running stuff. I think some of these concepts can apply to everything else in life. Uh, and again, sports is definitely something, you know, that that we can utilize in, in even business and day-to-day -day life runnings, right? So it's important. Uh, so again, uh, Run Daughter, Run Father is the name of the book. And it's I'm assuming it's available on Amazon and everywhere, right? That, that a book is? Yeah, I can provide you with a link if you want. I could give you a link that sort of goes to all the retailers, but Amazon for sure, uh, Apple, um, sure. Kobo, Indigo, all, all the big retailers uh, will have it. Yes. Well, it will be a resource for people. So again, you know, uh, at the end of the day, the, the, those shows are to educate people, to enlighten them and inspire and motivate and certainly give them some resources. Uh, you know, every book has something that we can, you know, take from and learn. I mean, we've had a discussion over, you know, some of the items, but nothing's going to do justice to the book, you know, but the book. <laughs> you got to read the whole thing and and, and, and go through it. And, and I'm sure there's always going to be an extract that you can, you know, take and add to other, you know, contents that you read as, as a listener or viewer. So, so again, uh, folks, uh, you know, uh, there's always uh, value that we try to bring in and uh, plenty of resources out there. Mark, and thank you for doing that and sharing your literally live and, and, and story, but as well as the concepts that you've applied till today. And uh, you put them, you know, it's amazing that I, one thing about authors and writers is that, you know, we all go through life. But you guys do a better deal where you put it all in, in writing and you leave it behind, you know, to the generations to come because books don't, don't, they stay forever, right? And, and they're right. always there. And it's a legacy. And I think, you know, uh, today, a lot of knowledge we have is from people that, are, you know, that, you know, for centuries, you know, it just handed down to us and we add that, you know, that value and we utilize that value and then we, we come up with more stuff <laughs> yeah. and, and just, and just, we contribute to, to, to the world. I mean, you are definitely, you know, uh, you know, a contributor to that legacy and, uh, you know, those books and, you know, I, I was watching, I, I, this movie, I've seen it like, you know, hundreds of times, which like 2012. I don't know if you're, you know, with, uh, 
it's it's about this this whole disaster thing here whatever but 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 it, in there there was a discussion about books and how you know uh books become a legacy of humanity and uh no matter what that book is you know that book is always going to be there you know and, and so there was there was an analogy to books and and and, and that kind of a concept but when you, you think about it in deep mode i mean it's important that you know these things are collected and not because if nobody puts them in the writing, they just disappear and that's it. You know, eventually nobody gets that, but, but, but putting them in, 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 you know, <laughs> uh, words and documenting them, it just stays for life. And, uh, and that's important. So I want to thank you. And I thank all our authors and writers out there and for the work that they do. Uh, and, uh, it just changes lives. So thank you. No problem. Thank you. And you know, it's about people. And I, I actually have a copy of the book here and I just want to show people the cover. Yeah, oh look at her that that's before stephanie ran she's only four years older than that but that's what sports is all about too it's about people um bonding whether it's, it doesn't have to be father mother child it could be coach athlete uh teammates um it's it's about sports ultimately is about people celebrating people and people trying hard and, and trying to do their very best and uh so i was very happy to share that and that's why I put a picture of just that, you know, father daughter thing right on the front. My, by the way, my wife took that picture and designed the cover, so she's involved in it too. <laughs> well, well, yeah, actually, you know what? Let's not forget that because <clears throat> there's always people behind the scenes that are, you know, you know, all this is always supported by people that sometimes we don't hear about or see. And I think this is a thank you to all of them. You know, so thank you to your wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks to Lynn. That's right. Uh, so. Uh, great it's been great talking to you, hurricane and um and i can tell that you deep down inside uh, you uh, you are a real, real sports guy but also people person and uh, that, that's fantastic way to go keep up the great work with your show thank you thank you mark and 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 you know th thank you for being with us today and and, and spending actually you know the new year's eve here literally yeah. <laughs> early on with me but but thank you so much and and folks uh, you know i want to thank you for for watching the show and listening and taking some of the the juice in it and maybe apply it in life and please do share the wealth out there i mean the idea is that again this is knowledge uh in the form of the book in the form of discussion but at the end of the day it is resource for everybody please if you feel that there's 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 any message here that can be you know exchange with other people please do so and that's the idea let's just keep the the vibe going let's keep the wealth running and uh you know what uh maybe the 2023 year you know coming on you know will will be a better or you know place for the whole world and uh you know bring a lot of joy happiness prosperity in the whole nine for everyone so whatever you wish for whatever you think for this there's a new day coming up a new year let's do the best that we can to be better and uh you know just contribute to the world uh, that being said, uh, I'm Eric Kanish. Thank you for watching. And we'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic. New year. Bye for now.